Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into another wine pod coming to you. Hey, let me get this out of the way. Let me get this read out of the way here. Coming to you live from the AOI studios, a.k.a. my basement office. I love it in this office. So when I was making my office into a pod room, I had a vision of what I wanted at AOI. Made it come true. The desk, the design of it, the chairs, it all looks great. I love this room. And the big reason why, AOI, Okay. They made my ideas a reality, and they can do that for you. Check out AOI on the web, AOICorp.com. Give them a call, 402-896-5520. Bo Rude is in the house. Wine pod. You kind of, you've gotten a head start on me here. I, I had wine discipline, unlike someone I know. You're usually the more disciplined human, but I've been more disciplined than you. Very true, but we had a great, we had a nice little... Our conversation before the pod started. We, we have a pre-pod pod every time. <laughs> like we should record our pre-conversations, and then that, and then just we wouldn't have to do the pod because we've literally been down here for an hour already. Talking. Oh, I know. And my wife wanted me to come home soon, I'm and I'm sorry, I'm going to be late. Who cares? So, but I was chugging my wine. Yes, and the bottle's almost gone. And Jesus, Nick was. You haven't t- taken this down, Doug. And you hadn't touched it. So I finally said, like before. We started here. I said, you yeah, got to take a drink. I kind of wanted to get saucy during the pod, though. So I don't, I just picked this wine out. I had some wine in LA that I loved. I'm easy. I'm like, what wine is this? You know what it is? It's the greatest wine I've ever had in my life. I'm easy. I'm easily in, fall in love with wines. But this, I just, so that wine's on en route. I'm I, shipping it to my house. Would as you we say speak. you're easily sold to? Very. If somebody's enthusiastic about something, you're buying. <laughs> it doesn't take much to get me. Anything. It's like, can I show you something? The best in the world. You know, it's like. That's the best. This is the best oh stuff right God. here. But I, so I just went to Hy-Vee and chose a wine. Ghost Pines. I just thought of Patrick Swayze. I've never seen Ghost. Is it good? It's very good. Yeah. Like, what's the, give me the, what's happening in the scene where they're doing pottery? Like, so he's not a ghost when they're doing the so pottery. That's for real. That's, that's for just real, like, to me. <laughs> She's uh, she's sculpting. Swayze comes in and he wants to get on that sculpture. So he starts, you know, they start getting those. So the, so the does clay, it, the clay is spinning, and they get the hands wet. And then do they end up doing it? I'm pretty sure they did. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when when you're spinning clay, you don't spin clay. But the problem is spinning clay. Like, and then if you're actually gonna like take it to like getting intimate, you got clay hands. Oh, I mean, I don't want to be touched with clay hands. You know what happens? It hardens <laughs> up and uh, you wake up the next morning. <laughs> clay everywhere. You're like you're like a you're like a you're like a gargoyle down there. <laughs> Alternate cutout scene of Ghost is Swayze waking up the next morning like like a gargoyle. Frozen. He's like, just stiff. his undies are concrete. Just concrete. <laughs> No one thought that scene through at all. 
I don't know. They, I mean, who thought of like, why would pottery be like a sensual thing? I think because you're using your hands. And it's it's kind of gooey. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's got some gooeyness. You're, you're getting... Did you take... I took pottery at Southeast. Did you? I don't think I did. You ever, I've been on the pottery wheel, boy. You liked it? I mean, I was horrific at it. Because <laughs> you... I mean, you, it's got a pedal. You know, because so you got to It's ease. arts. Nick, it's arts and crafts. You're a weakness Horrible. in life. You are historically bad with arts and crafts. I made a dolphin for my high school girlfriend at the time because she liked dolphins. And this dolphin was just like atrocious looking. But I made a pottery... Like I, you get on the wheel. The wheel is hard to... Because you got to control the speed. And before you know it, it's just like... And it's like things are going everywhere. It's horrible. Uh, but yeah, so I, when I saw a ghost, I just I was like, Swayze. Bo, Bo, likes, Bo likes Swayze. Do I like, like Swayze? That's how dumb people are with Would wine. you say I like Swayze? I don't know that I do, but... I guess Don't I watch like, Road. I like Roadhouse. I've never seen Roadhouse. Um, well, okay, here's a question for you. Because this I, pod, by the way, is just going to be like, I wrote down like eight, nine questions that I'm going to throw it out there. Bo's going to give us thoughts. I'm going to give my thoughts, and that's it. What's the scene? I bet you don't have one because I know I have a whole bunch. The movie you're most embarrassed you haven't seen. You probably don't have one because you are a very... I'm not sure I know anyone that's as well like... I I I'm I mean this. If you it's not have... if it's not a movie that's like one of these Oscar movies that's been out. I'm talking like histor- you know like I don't know that there's a historical like, movie that I The Avengers Endgame you're like okay. No, there's not one that I would say I'm like I really should have seen that. Like I I've seen the ones I've really wanted to see I've seen. I haven't seen The Godfather. See, that's bad. That's that's one you should be ashamed of. I mean, is it just a line of this? Nick, no, <laughs> Nick, no, no, not this. <laughs> see, Nick, but see, this is funny because this is very you right now. I take a cheese runs. I take a cheese runs. Man, I take a dog. No, I mean, I come to you. I come to you for a cheese runs. See, I don't understand someone that put a horse in a bed, a horse's head, the horse's head. So the guy, Johnny Fontaine. He would have been a huge star. Okay, so Johnny Fontaine's the star. Okay. He goes to the, the Godfather because they won't put him in the movie because okay. this Johnny Fontaine steals the the producer's girl. It's probably a bad move. So they said, they said, hey, would you please do this? This is for the, this is for Don Corleone out of New York. Oh, yeah. And he says, get out of here, you guineas. And you know he goes, and so then the next day he had this he had this like marvelous racehorse out in the stables the next oh, day the guy wakes up horse. he wakes up and his the horse's heads in his in, so johnny got the part so that's an, an example of what the godfather did to like get you know the to get things done ah i never understood this thing. Nick, i'm like a it horse's is, head and nick it's one of those is it really that good that every single scene is perfect Really? It's literally perfect. Are there three Godfathers or just two? There's three. I've never seen the third, and you don't need it. You just the, you need the to see one two? and two. I, Nick, I will watch them with you sometime. Okay. Are they long? Yes. Okay. But Nick... But that's to be the number one movie I'm like when people... Like, the amount of Godfather conversations I've faked my way through. Like, like, yeah. It's like Godfather. I'm like, yeah, a horse's head. <laughs> don't put the horse's head in there, huh? Right? Make him an offer. He cannot refuse. You guys seen The Mask by Jim Carrey? <laughs> Hilarious. No, but but seriously, we'll watch that sometime, and I it it will. Should not we do let a recap? The the recapables with 
What's uh yeah, a rewatchable. Rewatchable. Yeah. Are we going to do the rewatchable Godfather for we'll Nick do, and Bo? Is there like a, you know, Italian American Day like yeah, a there holiday? Could, yeah, there should yeah. We should, like St. Patrick's Day. There yeah, should be. there should be in there on that day to honor it, we will watch the Godfather. We'll watch a little uh... So that's the that's so literally. Well, I also have this wine app. The I've shown you it the Vivino yes. app. This one scored pretty well. I was like, okay, go Swayze, puts up a good score. You're coming home with me. Well, that's extent. It's kind of good. Cheers, buddy. To Swayze and the Godfather. Let's let's get this thing to rolling. Gargoyle mornings. <laughs> and another gargoyle morning. When you uh when you have a long night <laughs> on the pottery wheel and you wake up like a gargoyle. <laughs> it's a heck of a day. Come on. Ridiculous. Okay, we got a bunch of Ridiculous questions we're gonna we're gonna dive into. You, I was so mad. I I wanted to be disciplined and go to bed early last night because we're taping this on a Sunday night. I was gonna I was on the call today for Creighton Butler on Fox. I didn't want to be up super duper late, but all the homies, including my top homie, you, you guys all got together and watched Fury Wilder, and God. it's and I was like I'm. It's pretty rare that like. There's an event in sports where it's like, I really was like, God dang it. I want to watch that. So to me, you know, watching the first Did you Fury, watch the first one? I did. I watched the first Fury Wilder, and that was a, it was a good boxing match, right? It was, it was very entertaining. But this is the first, the rematch to me was the first heavyweight boxing match in the last 20 years since Lewis Tyson, which I think was, Lynx Lewis Tyson was maybe Early 2000s, Probably. 2001. So it's been 20 years, basically, since we've had a heavyweight fight that I was like, I want to see that heavyweight fight. And that was the one. And it didn't, it did not disappoint. I mean, it was it, seven rounds. It did, but, but it was so entertaining. It was an extremely entertaining Those fight. Those guys are enormous human beings. Six, nine, and six, seven. I mean, and Nick, they came out. The spectacle that they put I on. Saw, I saw it what was, they looked like. It was WWF. It right. was not like the, the Gypsy King came out being in a, carried in a giant. <laughs> and he stood up and was just like blowing kisses. And Wilder comes out in this like robotic. Like Shredder. Remember Teenage Mutant yeah. Turtles? look like Shredder. It was something between what Shredder and Beyonce would wear. Beyonce. And then they it was a it took 30 minutes to get in the ring for both of them. And then they start fighting. And, and it's a good fight. And then Fury... Pops him on like the ear. Like breaks his eardrum or something. And nobody thought that Fury was going to knock Wilder down, let let alone knock him out pretty much. So he knocks him down and you see it in Wilder's face. Like, oh, oh crap. Like, I am hurt. And he couldn't, you know, he was. His balance. Everybody talked about his balance was terrible. I I think your equilibrium gets off. And so. I think everybody was stunned to see Wilder hurt and vulnerable. And then all of a sudden, Fury's leaning on him and roughing him up and beating him up. And so it was so entertaining. And you, you had to respect Wilder. He wasn't going to quit. He was so hurt. And he was just standing so, there like... So were you... Give me your... Because in the moment, were you were you guys thinking they got the, I, his corner is going to stop the fight? Like, did you think they should have... Two rounds before, somebody there said, somebody needs to stop this fight. And then two rounds later, he backed into the corner and, and just- you know, he was, he was taking one-twos, one-twos, and then you saw, like, 
the ref stop it and then they showed in the replay like the towel was thrown in. So I mean it it was the right move cuz he he for two or three rounds shouldn't have been fighting pretty much. But it wasn't like it wasn't terrible, but it, it was the right move by the corner. It, it still it still goes to show you that like I mean again, the thing that's amazing to say out loud is 50, 60 years ago, the three biggest sports in the world were horse racing, baseball, and boxing. Mm-hmm. The three bi- those are the three biggest. And now they're like super, those three are like super niche Very. sports now. But I don't ever see horse racing ascending back to, you know, horse racing is good for like the one Kentucky Derby, you know, and everybody gets excited yeah. about that. Uh, baseball, you know, it, it, it kind of has its place. It's not the king anymore. But boxing's the one, like, you. there still is nothing quite like, uh, especially a heavyweight, a heavyweight. Especially heavyweight. Heavyweight, big-time boxing match. Nothing like it. The, I'm sure live that was electric. Because it was electric in the room. We, we were all going crazy. Because one of the, I, I'm not so sure, I always think about, like, the older I get, the more you kind of, like, get introspect, like, you think back on, like, past sporting events because the older you get the more you appreciate certain things like i i wish i was i would have been old enough to appreciate like been old enough and been able to watch ali in his prime even tyson in his prime we were a little we were too young for that although i do remember watching when he bit holyfield's ear we were watching that together yeah but there just the electricity of a heavyweight big time boxing event nothing like it I, so these guys are making gobs of money with these pay per views. Gobs. I think they were each twenty five million a piece before they got their pay per view cut. So these the boxers don't want to go away from this. I think boxing to stay alive, if they came back to you know, go you know, fighting on NBC like they used to, like where everybody gets to watch. So instead of like, I don't know how many people watch twenty million or something probably right. in pay per view. That's just a, a rotten, probably not even right, maybe 10 million. But like, imagine if 50, 50 million people are watching that. All of a sudden, you're a part of something bigger. Than right. That that's is- what's hard about boxing with that. So, because one of the coolest sporting events I've been to was I went to the Bud Crawford fight oh. at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Yeah. Shit, dude. People- it was rocking in there. That's what people said. It I mean, it awesome. was rocking in there. There's just still like, for as much as we have evolved into elite species, we're still like cavemen. Like we still, the most pure form of entertainment is like you fight him. That will never go away. I don't care. People like people I don't care fight. what happens in like three the year three thousand. We're all like gliding around on <laughs> hoverboards in silver spacesuits. Yes. It's like we better have a fight somewhere. People because people want to see fighting. Because at the end of the day, still one of the things, one of the biggest reasons why football is still football is king is is the 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 physical nature of it. Like we as people just love watching that. It's that's the it's the greatest entertainment. It's why at any you're at any bar or any party, when you hear fight, you run to it, right? But, but if someone's like you're not running. You're like ping, eh, whatever. I mean, you you want to go see the fight. It's it's it is. It's primal, man. And the, I'm so glad. And this is just like you know, stupid. But it, I 
so obviously you knew because I would send you videos of me post my workout for uh, for six eight months. I did a workout nine round was what it was called. It so you see the the uh, various locations all over Omaha and Lincoln, and you know it's boxing and kickboxing, and it's like I'd never done anything like that. But I've always said I've wanted to train for a fight that's never going to happen. <laughs> but just even doing that, and I'm in there with like housewives that are like, you can tell they're like, I hate my husband. And just, you know, just, <laughs> Why would he notice me? Oh, God. Like, working late again. Like, I just feel like it's me. Literally, it was me and a bunch of like, you know, middle aged women. And I felt like basically when they were punching, they were punching their husband's faces. Where I was in there like thinking I was, you know, I'm big on like moving around. You know Nick, what I'm no, I don't believe that, Nick. I don't believe that at all. I got swag when I'm moving, but when it comes time to throw, your boy ain't gonna throw. But I can move with the best. Uh, but what I'm saying is like I I gained a level of. You ever really fucking like tried to three minutes like throw punches, oh, throw I combinations? Couldn't th- I couldn't it's, do three. It's, Unbelievable. If I we try to do a minute, so at the gym we go to Mul- so Mullen's got the gloves. We 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 try to do we hit the heavy bag and we try to do like a couple rounds of like a minute on. You're, minute. De- you're dead. A minute of going at it. You're you are. Dead. Ex- we go lay in the ground. You're exhausted. I mean, and now and like so. It was, what was cool about it is you'd get you know one of the rounds maybe like the instructor would be like, hey, we're going to do you know jab, cross, slip, slip, jab, hook. You know, and you got to remember these combinations and it's like it's hard, man. So I'm just saying I've gained a level just even doing my little little tiny thing that's not really boxing but it's like an you're at least like throwing, like I just have gained I was already so, had the utmost respect for boxing have like a, a 10,000 so, percent more respect. And there's another level of respect I give to these guys like Wilder who lost the fight, right? He got his eardrum ruptured, smacked in the the head. He he probably like Almost couldn't stand up, but then he was doing that for three more rounds. Right. Unwilling to just lay, like do what everything in his body and mind's telling him, which is, you need to quit. This is not where you need to be. Right. Everything inside of him said fight that. Fight or flight is like, dude, flight. You are running. Get out of there. And he has trained himself and has the, the fortitude to say, I'm going to stand in the, with this 6'9", 275-pound monster, I mean, and I'm going to just keep going like that's where like even the guys that lose i have respect for the guys that they wanted no part of that and they kept doing it i have so much respect i mean again i mean and obviously like my brother-in-law ryan jensen nine-time ufc veteran like i just got like i just have so much respect for those dudes like to step in the in the octagon the ring like you're just you're tough as shit oh god uh okay topic number one cross it off the list yes i'm gonna take a drink of my wine duck Good stuff. Okay. I brought this up because you kind of came with this. We got to give some Nebraska football talk. So give me a post-spring game bold prediction. So spring game is going to be April 18th. So we are, we're, gosh, we're like a month and a half. We're about it's, two months. Yeah. It's, God, it's so not that far away. Give me, give me your... Because I, I had to think about this for a little bit, but give me your, your do you have a post spring game prediction? Yeah, and so I've been thinking about this for the last two months, watching sort of the coverage, the coverage in Nebraska. The hype right now is it's at an all time low. It's very low, and it's rightfully low, and it's it's 
where it should be. Until we start winning, hype should remain low. Right. And Earn your hype. Like the last, you know, the last two years we've fallen prey to this. We overhype things, and then we get let down. And it almost it's an almost a negative effect on the team. Get, the expectations get too high. So I think we are rightfully in this area of like we we expectations are low, and they should be, and we're going to keep them there. And everybody's like, yes, let's keep them low. It's going to be a tough year. Let's not. Everybody in Nebraska seems to be saying this. Everybody covering Nebraska seems to be saying this. But there's, I have this sense, as soon as the spring game happens and we see some of these guys, some of these new guys, it's going to flip again. <laughs> it's going to flip. They're, the people are going to be back on board with the hype train? The hype train. We're will, going to win the West. Hey, we're going to win the West. We're going to win the West. We're going to win 10 games. This might, you know what? I think it, we're, we've turned the, you know, we haven't done the stuff yet and we shouldn't do this, but it will. Ha- I, I just, my prediction is the hype train will flip again and people are going to get way over their skis. I think to your point, there was a story from, I think Bill Conley, who's like, does his like analytical projections and everything. Like that was met with like, honestly, for most Husker fans, that was like basically. So his analytics like projected Nebraska to be like, Pretty good. And people, and Nick, you know what everybody started doing. Everybody's like, no, 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 no. But like, inside, what happened? They went, oh my, oh my. Look at it. We are. We are. Uh, <laughs> look at that. We are. Uh, I guess we do have all the returning stars and receivers back with, oh, and the percentage of total yards on offense. Of returning production. And then oh Wendell my Robinson God. Then, yeah, like, they started and, doing the math in their head. They go, yeah, that's pretty good. Because it's easy It's easy to be reluctant to, to the hype now, but like. It's also because they're not in front of your face. Yeah. So to your point of like, even as something as stupid as a spring game from the standpoint of like, you're just watching a practice. Sometimes you just got to see Wandale back out there. And be like, oh yeah, yeah. He's the best player in the country. He's yeah. We're, and, and people go nuts. Wandale back. Mills looking good. Uh, Omar Manning makes a couple of, he ma- you know, he makes one 40 yard yeah. go route and people are just going to be like, oh. Any of the, Fire any, up the pottery. Any wheel. of these freshmen or JUCOs contribute? Any uh, if the quarterback, like if Martinez looks good, or him and McCaffrey look really good, then it's just it's just gonna add to it. Um, it, it it's just it's in our nature as Nebraska fans is what I'm realizing so, to just to to feed the hype. I wrote this down, but I didn't really believe it. But I felt like I had to like ESPN first take like take a side. So I'm just gonna ask you. Where do you think people are going to be at with Adrian Martinez after the spring game? Do you think people are going to be back on board with him? Do you think people are going to be it's his the sentiment on him is going to stay arms crossed, we'll see what happens? Are people going to be more pro McCaffrey? Like what do you think if you had to look into your crystal ball and do a a future Steve Sipple column Applebee's and Adrian Martinez, a winning combination. What What do you think? I think it's in our nature to rally as a fan base. That was my where I would lean, and they would rally. They're going to rally back around. I mean, they've they've kind of given Martinez the stiff arm, but if he wins the job, which my guess is he will, they're going to want to be on board with that. I think. But right now, they're I think team. It's more. It feels like it's more. They would love to see McCaffrey win the job, because I think McCaffrey's got sort of. He has the hearts and minds right now, but the reality he's is he's got the phone sex thing going. Like he we has, talked about. 
He's it, it. There's a reason phone sex works because you know, the the you fill in that unknown void with best case scenario. It is the 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 reason Luke McCaffrey has Husker Nation like it is. They've only seen him throw like ten passes, but they're like, I got to assume if he threw five hundred more of those, they would be you know eighty percent. Percentages are showing eighty. <laughs> Just. <laughs> But that, like, so that's where Husker fans are at. But this is where I do think it's huge that spring practices aren't open to the media mm-hmm. because of like all this would all this would just get fueled, like fuel the whole. Hey, McCaffrey did this. Hey, Adrian did this. You, you don't need that. And I do think it's going to be very one of the number one things I'm most interested to see with spring football outside of like the obvious tangible things that happen with the team is like, I'll be curious what just the mantra is from frost and the staff on like how they're answering quarterback questions. Cause you know, every time Mario Verdusco and Matt Lubick and Scott Frost talk to the media, there's going to be even Barrett and Chenander. They're going to be like, Hey, how did, how did, what did you see from the quarterback position? I'll be curious to see how they're answering those questions. Cause whether you like it or not in a market like this and with a fan base like this, how you answer those questions matter because a huge part of why the hype train went off the rails with Martinez is because Frost, those guys like made a ton of glowing remarks about this dude with practice and I'll just be, I'll be interested because like, you don't want to like, you don't want to overhype the guy because I think that will get met with cynicism, but you also don't want to like say he's not doing anything. Cause then that will get met with C he's not doing anything. And, you, and people lose confidence and it's weird how that affects that position. Almost. It, yes. Like when, when the, when the fan base loses, loses their confidence in you, it almost can like transfer into like tangible effects almost. No question. Which is weird, but it's kind of true. Oh, I think it's all, it's not kind of true. It's you totally wanna, true. You want to keep the so, fan base on the side of so Martinez. So I just think that'll be really interesting how that is packaged. I think you got to... Like, pa- if, like if Frost, if Frost say, yeah. came into the pod room and said, Nick, I'm being serious. If you could, like, what's... Give me one spring game thought on, like, you, you were in the media. Like, what do you... Do, do you have any advice? I would be like, just, you need to be... Like, be mindful with how you're speaking about the quarterbacks. I don't like. I don't know if you need to go full scale Belichick mode of just like you know, Luke did some good things, and I thought Adrian did some good things today, and I thought they both. I think initially like, you might have to be very much like that. With it's an open competition, the best player is going to play. Right. Like you got to make that clear. But then if he's going to be your guy, you better tie a bow on it and say. Adrian's really, you know, you so better start. Be, yeah, you got when be, he when he if he if he solidifies himself, you better build him back up almost. That that's what I'm saying. So like, I just wonder how that's going to get handled. But people are going to want to see an open competition. I think that's part of you. I think people want to see an that. open competition. I think the coaches will even want to see an open competition. Right, and I just wonder how that's going to get like packaged, if you will. Yeah, it's weird. That's kind of a weird. That's a different thought. I know, I know, I know. In the like, this is kind of the classic thing that only is an issue, like when you're at a place like Nebraska mm-hmm. or Ohio State or wherever. You know, like you're in the fishbowl, and like literally every quote gets like brought into a conveyor belt and slid under microscopes, and people are like looking at every. That is, like that's that's that might be the definition of the fishbowl. Is like it it enha- like it it magnifies it I'm, magnifies. And I'm, ser- I'm dead serious. Like I would tell Scott Frost. I, be careful what you say to the media about the quarterback position because like because one thing that's kind of bullshit is like we've proven that like what you say 
will be held against it's you. It's the Miranda rights really of is. Nebraska football. Yes. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you. And it will be brought up later if you mess up. That's it. In some situations. So you so don't don't pump up someone if they're not like you know what I mean. Like you just got to be careful with that. It's even like Frost, like his opening remarks, like you know people are going to have to adjust. Like you know that the newspapers been... are throwing it back in his face now. Yes, because that's what we do here. We throw it back in your face if you say something. So I just I don't know because my guess is one of the things that Frost has learned over the first two years is like is is what we're talking about of yeah. like oh okay I can't you know. The, the innocent comment that in all reality doesn't matter. You know, the whole thing of like, even the whole, the hope the Big Ten's going to adjust to us. Everybody just stop for a second. Does that really matter? No, it doesn't. It's, Does it really matter? It's a great opening statement. It got people excited. Because I also just... think Colin Coward talks about this. Like, understand the room. You're in a room. You're you're full of people that are are that are in love with that you're here. There's former players here. Coach Osborne's over there. Understand the room. It's a feel-good session. I mean, it's it, great. Like, so don't I I I some people latch on that. It's like it's things like that. It's like eh. I love I love that. That was great. I mean, it's fine. But with all that said, like you do, I just think what we're saying. But it doesn't make what we're saying not true. Yeah. Like from the standpoint of it does matter. Okay. Uh, we'll cross that one off the list. I wanted to ask you about this real quick because it sounds like this is not a matter of if it's when this pretty massive piece of legislation gets passed with the NCAA. That I think it was. The, it was first birthed by Big Ten, the Big Ten Conference pushing for this. Of right now, for college football and for college basketball, if you transfer and you're not a graduate and you're not a graduate transfer, you have to sit out a year. I transferred, I just sit out a year. They're pushing towards now because, you know, transfer the transfer portal is getting crazy. It is like a crazy thing. There is a big push for every single student athlete, as long as you're tracking and trending in the right direction academically, for you to have basically one free transfer. You can transfer once and not have to sit out. I I mean, this is tough because it's coming from a person that transferred and would I have loved to have been eligible right away? Sure. But I think, and I've talked about this also a little bit about this on my pod before, but I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I think this is like a, oh, God. This is like a potential. I made the, I, and you may be, you, you may disagree with me. I'm not so sure this wouldn't rock the landscape of college athletics just as much or more than people being make money off name, image, and likeness. Well, I mean, you, you see how bad it is in college basketball anyway with transfers. Like now if they can transfer without sitting out. It's going to be free agency every year. Every, sing- every single think year. About, think about as a coach in recruiting. Like you recruit these guys and you spend so much of your time in life to get these guys there. And hopefully when they are there, you can be like, all right, now just you're in our system. But now you have to like, you almost have to recruit them every year or something. I mean, the, the days of player development and waiting your turn for lack of, of a better a better term like those days would be gone and even even I was thinking about like someone like the people that are role players on successful teams this is more of a basketball thing the, Creighton's got a handful you know Creighton's got three really good guards and then they have like a handful of role players who's to say another program wouldn't come to one of Creighton's role players and be like you can come be a star on our team right away 
It just opens up a, a weird yeah, door. I, I just... Or, you know, it, I always say it's it's when you don't have to wait a year, people go for low-hanging fruit, which is like... Instant gratification. Well, let's... Just, I, I'd love to win a championship. I know I put in four years here, and I'm... But I'll just I'll just really quick go try to win a championship with Clemson or Alabama next year. I mean, like little things like that, you just go. I, I don't know that I like that. I don't know that I like that you even if, honestly. And, and I mean this in all sincerity. And I don't know. Would Wandell? I mean, if Wanda right now, Ohio State came to Wandell Robinson and said, "You're the missing piece, and we win a national title piece. next year. You can come play with." Da 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 da. I just don't like that. I I, I like I like that waiting period because it's like the how bad do you really want to go and get out of there? That's why I'm telling. I mean, as someone that I've talked about this, when I was sitting in the Jayhawk Towers in 2000 in the 2004 2005 season, and the thought of transferring was popping in my head, one of the biggest deterrents was like, "Fuck, I gotta sit out a whole year, one whole year one of not playing. Year. I've already basically not played for two years. Now I have to go sit out a whole year. That's tough." So, and and again, it, to me, it sounds like it's not a matter of if, it's when. Yeah. It's going to happen. We'll see. I mean, the, the whole, you know, the grad transfer thing has been so big the last few years. And, I mean, you look at the last four Heisman Trophy winners. Burrow, uh, Kyler Murray, Baker, and then who was before that? Was it Johnny? Johnny Menzel. No, he was a couple years before that. Because he was a freshman when he won, wasn't he? he uh, but three of the last four, at least, uh, yeah. that I can even remember. Oh, because Lamar won for that. That's Lamar. Right. Uh, but three of the last four have been grad transfers. I'm not as up in arms in the grad transfer thing. I'm not either. I'm just saying, though, you're seeing the landscape but, of yeah, movement. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, it's, a, it's, a, but, it's an amazing amount of movement for key players, guys that have won... Right, Heisman Trophy winners are transfers yes. the year before. Right, and now you're going to give people, you're going to open the door in this area. It's like, it, it's everything's changing. And like, I don't know, maybe this is like this is sounds like old people talk, but like, change is scary if you like what you have. See, that's it's the like thing that's, change isn't always necessarily good. I know that's where with with the push for name image and likeness that is going to happen mm-hmm. and then this this one time free transfer it's like what on earth does college football and college basketball look like in 5 years i don't know because the one thing i never like are, are is college football and college basketball perfect no it's not could it be better sure but just because something isn't perfect and could be better doesn't mean it's not good yeah it's still really good and i just get worried I'm not. I'm not one of those guys that's totally anti players getting paid or necessarily pro getting guys getting paid or anti this one time transfer or pro this one. Time. Like, like I see both sides of the argument. I just get worried about like too radical of changes to the point where all of a sudden the sport makes is is it changes to the point where it's like almost you don't know what you're looking at now. So I don't know. I don't know. I just wanted to get your that one's tight. I don't. That. that one scares me more than anything. I feel like every coach, every coach that I've brought it up, I've you know, I'll like, I'll make it a point to every college coach. I'm like, hey, what do you think of this? And every one of them gives me that look, like, because Nick, they recruit and I mean, recruiting. What you find out in the, with college sports is recruiting is exhausting. I mean, recruiting you, is it is so much time and effort, and it's it's such a huge part of it. 
And then that basically what it, that this new rule does is it makes all that work, which you would still have to do less meaningful because they have more incentive to leave and take the low hanging fruit, the the instant gratification. Because I don't even know how to fill me up with this Patrick Swayze, Doug. Uh, I, you want some ghost? Yeah, give me some ghost. Give me some Potter wheels. Potter Let me give you some ghost, give man. Give me some of that. I because I'm not even totally sure what I think of the new red shirt rules of like four game. Red, I'm not even totally sure what I think of that. I mean, That's a... I, I I mean I don't know. Things are things are. Times are a changing, you know. They are a changing, that's for sure. I used to be with it, and then they changed what it was. Now what's it? <laughs> I used to be with it, it, it then they it, changed it. what it was. <laughs> All right, check that off the list. Now we're going to get deep. Now we're going to get into that solar years here. Oh, don't hurt me. Biggest sports regret or thing you wish you could do over, and this could be brought. I'm not by thing. I'm not necessarily. Maybe I'm not by thing. I'm not saying you would say like the whole 2007 season over again. But like, is there one, is there something in your career that you go back to all the time? Um, That's tough. What's hard is a lot of mine revolve around like getting injured. Yeah, I was going to say, my guess for you would have been like the Patriots stuff. Yeah, I mean, not just that. I mean, I literally, I look back to... You were hurt. Yeah, like, I look back, they broke my arm three different times... And then I got hurt going into the Patriots uh, camps, and then I got hurt in camp, and then I got hurt in preseason. Like I injuries at all the wrong times, but it's kind of weird. To, I don't know how you regret injuries other right. than they just happen, right? If you could have, I think you just wish you could have known in your life. Hey, in college, if I don't break my arm badly or I don't, you know what I mean? Like yeah. in high school, if I don't break my arm, like if, the, if those things don't happen, what is it like to have like a healthy career? Yeah. Almost? Because I would say like, yeah, like for me, like when I broke my, dislocated my shoulder and ch- like, yeah. you know, if that doesn't happen, what, ha- you know, because I honestly, in a weird way, that's why I'm always amazed when people dismiss even tiny little injuries. I'm like, I truly don't think I ever was the same I don't think I ever was the same after I broke. I dislocated you had, my shoulder. You'd never been hurt up to that point. No, I don't think. And you and you could. You remember you could just you could run for days. Like you used oh, to be in I, like I, a yeah, weird like I, shape. Like I, I never. I was a weird. I could. I could. I could run for forever. Literally well, for forever. And I think it's sometimes getting injured, and people that that have you know played sports at a higher level and and then they got that first injury. It, there's always that moment where you realize when you come back from the injury, you have to think about things actually. Yeah. Where before that injury point, you never really had to think about it maybe as intentionally. You just were doing. Yes. You were a, in the a, flow yeah. and you're doing. This is what I always do. I've just you've built it up to there your whole life. And then you get hurt and you have to all of a sudden rebuild and reteach and re and you realize that how much harder it is to do that. When you've never done that before. Yes. And then what, what I called it, like, you know, to me, you know, how they say, I don't know. I think they say this, like for tightrope walkers, you're don't look down. Yeah. To me, getting hurt is the sports equivalent of looking down. All of a sudden you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. like you realize how fragile this is and how like yes. you, you before you just you're, you're going. That's what like what you're saying is why I give like I'm always a little sympathetic towards someone's towards someone like Adrian Martinez. 
where it's like this guy has all of a sudden over the course of the last like three, four years, like gotten hurt a lot. You know, his shoulder and then his knee in his very first college game. And like, there's just like, I think all that stuff like chips away at your ability to just go. And the the better the competition, the higher you go up in, in levels, the more that stuff makes a difference. Like yes. the more, you know, like you get hurt and you just, you're trying to reteach yourself, but yet you're going against elite people. You know, it's, it gets really, really hard. Yeah. I, I would say beyond like, uh, beyond the injury thing or beyond like, I always play the what if game. If I would have went to Ohio to play basketball, cause they were telling me I would have been like, Ohio told me I was going to start. Well, and they you were going to like, you get 20, man. you get 20 shots. A the, game, yeah. They were right? like, they were like, you're going to come in and start and be the man. And so I was wondering, like, hey, what would that have been like? But I, I'm more going to go into, like, I'm staying on my path. I'm not yeah. going to deviate. Like, my path is my path, but within my path, I could have done things different. So I wish the the one thing, I, I, my junior year at Creighton, I fought my role. Yeah. I, I didn't, even though you're never going to win. Like, what I want to tell players is, like, you're never going to win. Like, if you whatever role you think you should have. And if the coach doesn't see that you're not winning that battle. Yeah. And the other thing I always want to tell players is like, you got to graduate from your, from the current role to a better role. Like you don't just get to be like, I don't want to be the eighth man. I want to be the starter. And the coach is going to be like, Oh, okay, well, why don't you go ahead and get a start? Like you got to be like the eighth man. And then you're the sixth man. And then you're, you the do starter. the eighth like, man so well that you become the seventh. Seven, and yes. then all of a sudden you're the best sixth man and you're embracing that exactly to the right. point where he trusts you. That's exactly right. And then he promotes you to a starter because you've proven that like you've ex- you can exceed someone. That's exactly right. So I would say the first thing is my junior year, I fought my role. I fought being I, – I was a starter at the start of the season. Then I got taken on the starting lineup. And then I was kind of – I was a sixth man for a little bit. And then I kind of was like our seventh or eighth man – and coach coach Altman kind of wanted to meet wanted me to be like a tough guy dive on the, like all that stuff and I was like man I'm a scorer like I'm going to score you know yeah. and like you know like no I want to do what funk does you know like and it, it just doesn't work like that mm-hmm. and so by fighting my role I fucked myself up that year like yeah. I really did like I I I got myself kind of in coach Altman's doghouse I just never you know what I mean like so that would be one and then I'm curious what you like do you ever worry about do you ever think we partied too much we weren't crazy. You it was, not, we were not, we're not like on the spectrum of like guys that partied a lot and went out all the time. We were actually like not that crazy, but do you ever think we partied too much? Oh, so well, you didn't. And actually in high school, you were better. Like no, in high school, I didn't party in high school. We had a great time and I didn't do yeah, I was, you were better than us. We, we had a great time in high school and college. We were, you know, yeah. I mean, post, Post game on a Saturday. Oh, I mean, you better believe. We I guess I just fun. think about like, and and it's hard to view this through the lens of like a thirty-five-year-old like adult now of like how you used to do like. But sometimes I'm like, God damn, I, like you know, the I, nutrition. I how, Nick, I'm just saying the nutrition. I guess if, that's, that's is that a, what you're getting at? Because I think the that's nutrition what I'm part at is like I, my other regret is that I I wish I'd have taken care of myself or, better in yeah. college. I would have ate better, gotten more consistent sleep, not partied quite as much, all that kind of stuff. All you had to like, do is party like a little bit less, and that makes a big difference. Yes, but more. I mean, for me, like I never compromised by like I'm going out the night before a game. Like I didn't. Oh, do I didn't that. do that. No, I didn't do that either. But and and again, like I don't want to paint this picture like you and I were like 
crazy, but like, but that was still part of our lives. That was still right? part, I mean, you're in college, you know, like, I mean, that's a part I of the deal. I actually don't, I do not regret doing it because the college should be fun, but I do regret the like, nutrition part of it. Like now people understand, like it's a huge part of like your recovery and, well, and sleep, just like consistent sleep, sleep patterns. Don't stay up till two and sleep. You know, like we yeah, used to, oh, we used I to mean, sleep was, a little bit, but then you go take like a four hour nap. Yeah. You, you like, take, you'd have no. like four different, like, or you try to have like two different, like three hour sleeps you know, you like sleep from two to seven, <laughs> then try to sleep from noon to three. Like, that's just like, that's bad for you, you know? Yeah. And so I guess those were the two things I wrote down. It's like, I fought my role and then just not, par- I shouldn't have said prime, just like, I wish I'd have, I would have done a better job of taking care of myself. I think me and you had the one summer where we were, we were awesome. Going yeah. into our senior years. Yes. We, we got were, on it. We were drinking myoplex. hundred pushups, like, hundred sips yeah. before bed, no matter what. On top of everything else you did every single night for a whole year, a whole year, I, we so, did that. Yes, that's I, and I, I'm proud of that. So am I, and I think of that sometimes. Like, why didn't I do that? Because I mean, I got down to five percent body fat and was just like, I was in, I was a machine, you know. And I'm oh, like, yeah. why didn't I do this like the whole time? Because we just that's you, a part of it. I you guess you just don't but, know better, right? Yeah, you don't know better. We worked really. Like, here's the thing: is you work really hard, but you don't know. Until you know when you're like 10 years, 15 years older, like, oh, but you could have been this much smarter in these areas. That's so that's what you don't that's know. Where it is. And that's the, and that's life. You look back on everything and you know, I should have done this, should have done that. So there's 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 regrets, but there's really like there's no regrets that, that were, are so obvious that you go. No. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You didn't those, know what you didn't know. Absolutely. Okay. Cross that one off the list. If you could pick any former Husker in the history, the history of Nebraska football. To transport and put them on this Nebraska football team for this individual upcoming season, who would it be? Um, I'm going like copping out with the obvious. I, I, I've got two guys. One of them, neither of them actually played the positions that we. That's the thing. Is like, do we need to think about positions of need or just ballers? Uh, so let's start with. The players we think would make the biggest difference, even without position. I, I'm, I'm taking two defensive guys, Sue, Sue and Grant Wistrom, are the two that came to my head. <laughs> Yet here's the problem: we run a three-four in there, and Sue's a four-three tackle, and so Wistrom's a four-three end. He's not really, but like, if you said pick somebody, I still think I probably pick them. I think I'd still pick Sue. I think I probably take Sue first, Wistrom second. Sue's 2009 season. Oh man, he changed everything. Was just stupid. Like it was Chase Young, but like even probably more ridiculous. It was more ridiculous. So think about the season we just saw with Chase Young, and it was like more like oh my god. Now let's let's but look at this: Johnny Rogers, Mike Rozier, um. Lawrence Phillips. That's LP. Uh, Eric or Crouch. Crouch, or let's let's think of an outside like a a Trev Alberts or a um, Broderick Thomas or one of the Neil Smith. Like one of those guys. Is there a defensive guy that we're not looking at? Because it's basically to me, it's a defensive lineman, pass rusher, running back, receiver. Like a Johnny Rogers wouldn't hurt. Or I mean, I mean, you think of like a, one of these great offensive linemen we've had throughout the years. Yeah, 
there's a lot of choices, but to me, the most obvious should probably fall on the defensive line. What that, would that's help where the I meant, most? Like, I, I just go towards you. You want to be original and think of like I'd actually choose Cluster Johnson. Cluster, yeah, like <laughs> you know, like I, I like, you know, I, I actually choose Shevin Wiggins, and here's why. Like, no, I, I ultimately all roads back, all all the roads lead back to Sue to me, because ultimately. That's a position Nebraska needs help. He's the best interior D lineman. Yeah, you can put him on the nose or the t- the end, and he'd be fine. What um, offensive guy would you choose? If you had to choose an offensive guy, would you choose Johnny? Mike Rozier wouldn't be bad either. No. What about a like what wide right? The, the only reason I wouldn't say Johnny is because we have Wandale. And so I'm like, Johnny, it's a little, John, Wandale's a not, I mean, he's not as good as Johnny, but he's a version of Johnny. Yeah, he's a small, because Johnny's not a bigger, Johnny's a wing back. Um, Would you choose Rich Baugh? Rich Baugh <laughs> maybe over Johnny Rogers. People don't. People sleep on Rich Baugh and Tom people Rude. People sleep on that. I, I'm going to choose Rich Baugh. You choose Tom Rude. There'll be some toughness. There'll be some. Uh, there'll be there'll be taxes done for the entire team by Rich Bond. There'll be the taxes the done. There'll be plenty of uh, RC Cola. RC Cola <laughs> from Tom Rude. If you uh, if, so, would you choose Sewer Whitstrom? Just I well, think offensive though. Offensive. Offensive. I mean, I think I'd choose. See, the problem with like Eric Crouch or T. Frage is like. That's they, not they, their off. That's, that's they, not their they, offense. They need someone that can throw the ball. Yeah, this they're not running the power option right now, so I would actually would not choose them. I um, think I maybe choose like LP over LP Mike was, Rozier. The problem is we don't we hadn't seen Mike Rozier like we saw LP. I I think Mike I Rozier may have been. I mean, he won the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, LP was dang good though. One of those two. I'd say LP. I, or, I would say I would choose a running back. Yeah, I would choose one of Rozier, LP. I mean, even Amir, Amir Buckhalter. I mean, those two were both or really Amon good. Green. Like, oof. Probably uh, Rozier. I think we choose Rozier is the Heisman Trophy winner. So I think you got to go Rozier, and then I choose Sue on D. Yeah, those two would we'd be a good team. That Over, overnight we'd be a good team. Or you know what's crazy? You could choose like Alex Henry, and you instantly have like you win two more games. <laughs> If you give us Alex Henry, Sue, and Mike Rozier last year, we're nine. We're nine and three. Easily, I have no doubt we're nine and three. Oh, I don't. With Sue, with Sue, Rozier, and Alex Henry, do we lose two games? I mean, I would think they would have like won the West. I think they do win the West. I mean, I don't know. Am I crazy? You just hand the ball to Rozier every other play, and then you're you're good. And like you're in, you get inside like the forty. You get inside the thirty-five. Henry, Henry, go kick a field goal. Make an actually make a field goal once. Make an extra yeah. point. Said we had Lieutenant Kicker. <laughs> we had Lieutenant Kicker out there. Okay, cross that one off the list. Uh, <laughs> this is good. Only a couple more here. How how long are we here? We were at, we're at. Minutes. Okay, this is good. We're trending well. It, this, you're interesting. I'm an. If you haven't, the beauty of having you on the pod is like people get to know me a little bit better because you get to shed light on who I really am as a person, yes. Yes. which is a ridiculous person. I'm easily influenced. It doesn't take much to influence me. I love it. 
I don't know if I, I wrote this question down because I don't know I, if I know for sure what your answer would be. Which athlete, because I thought about this because Kobe Bryant, like, and how much he influenced me, but like, which, at, is there a pro athlete that you feel like, man, that guy influenced me a ton? Even from the standpoint of like, even when you played, you would try to be like Larry Bird at times on, on the basketball court. Yeah, so, for, so the but, two guys in my basketball life that I always... I always admired the most were, and probably were affected the most with Larry Bird and Pistol Pete. Those two, I loved those two guys. Pistol, Pistol? Pete. So Pistol Pete, you know, he could, he could spin the ball on his finger. So I would practice. Oh, yeah. And I would Did spin you see the, the movie, ball. The Pistol? The Pistol, yeah. And he would spin the ball on his finger for an hour. He yes. won the bet. He could spin the ball on his finger for an hour. <laughs> and he and he walked out and he threw it up, bonked it off his head. And it's like that affected me a lot. Yes. And so I was always, I loved guys that had just a, the sense, they had the extra sense or whatever. And Larry Bird was just had that extra sense for passing and making the play. Once a, for people that didn't know, once a game for four or five years, there would be like one play where you'd kind of like get a rebound and just go. And it was like, oh boy. Something's here comes, happening. Here comes Bo Rude thinking he's like Larry Bird and you would try some like crazy pass. That Sometimes was like, it worked. Sometimes it was like, Wow, dime. And sometimes it's like, Bo, you're not Larry Bird. It's very true. But what football player? I'm going to say this because before I came over today, I was watching the NFL Network, and they had the football life, Jim Brown. That's right. Yeah, okay. And so I wore the number 32. For Jim Brown? For Jim Brown my whole life. Did you, you really? You didn't know that, did you? I don't think so. So in midgets and in... in High school, I wore 32 because I Jim Brown was my favorite player, probably. <laughs> so funny. I mean, it's kind of an odd one because he's he's old enough that it's it's not really as. That's not just a as, total NFL films thing, though. It's an NFL films thing. I had these NFL films videos that I would watch religiously. It was Walter Payton running the hill, so I loved Walter Payton for his like work ethic. But the guy I who I still think is maybe the best football player to ever live is Jim Brown. And he wore 32 and I don't know. Like, Did you run like Jim Brown looks? I feel like you ran more like Barry Sanders. No, I didn't run like Barry Sanders. Cause he just, he was built too different. He was too jitterbug. You were pretty like, Jim Brown. Football, you were pretty like Jim. What I liked about Jim Brown was he was a bigger guy that just, he could just, he could run through you, but he could run around you and he just had, he had a great feel. So I don't. I wouldn't compare myself to Jim Brown because Jim like, Brown. I would try to like. I tried to play like certain guys. I mean, I I would try to, but you, you just you know you can you got to be somewhat of who you were. But I, Jim Brown was a guy I would absolutely emulate in in a sense. I would try to emulate. I mean, but I wore thirty two because of Jim Brown. So Jim Brown in terms of football, and then Larry Pistol basketball. Yeah, and then I also. I mean, I loved. I, I didn't play like butkus but i i mean i wore 50 when i got the chance to get 51 i snagged that up quick <laughs> you're gonna play linebacker in nebraska and they there's a there's an available there's how did that work so you had a how did that take tell me that story so you come in you come into camp and they say you know Rude. what number you want there's i don't know there's 20 scholarship guys and there's they say all right you guys pick numbers and that's intense and i got i mean i get i got up there and i was like i looked through the numbers and i saw 51 was open and i was like oh I'm playing linebacker, 51. <laughs> you know, these guys, they want, no, give me number one, man. Like, you pick one. 
You got your anti number one linebacker. Well, oh, that's funny. One is usually for the cockiest guy in the team, usually. <laughs> right? Are you the cockiest that's guy? The greatest in- theory I've ever heard in my life. Right? But how many teams could you go? Your number one is the is cockiest he, guy. Is Wandale number one? He might deserve it. He might. I think Wandale might be. Wandale is number one. Yeah. So that kind of works. Your theory holds up. One is reserved for it's Wandale. So, the, I mean, I'm not saying Wandale's cocky, but Wandale thinks he's the best player in the team. <laughs> he probably is. No, but but Nick, he probably is the best player in the oh team. Oh, my God. Is that good? No, I know. But I think you either are theory. or you think you are. That's a great theory. If you're wearing number one. That's a really good thing. But I wore fifty. I wore. I've worn thirty-two and fifty-one in my life. Those are my two numbers. One was for Jim Brown. One was for Dick Butkus. That's how I think. That's, that's how my mind yeah, works. Okay, that's good. I. I mean, I had a whole bunch. I mean, Kobe Jordan. I wore thirty-four for Ray Allen with the Bucks, and oh, is that Ray and Allen? out of love for John Bowling. John Bowling was a yeah. Southeast Knight. I love I love me some Johnny Business. I always thought you wore twenty one for Lawrence Moten. Lawrence Moten, <laughs> poetry and Moten. That was what I wore for. That's I mean a Kansas. I mean right there. That's what I mean. Twenty one was for. Was I always for think twenty one. Lawrence Moten. Syracuse. Which, like, could there be a guy that less like me than Lawrence Moten? If you even, I bet you most people that aren't thirty five or above don't know who Lawrence Moten well, is. Well, Marcus Howard, Marquette star, just set. He just broke. Lawrence Moten was the all-time leading scorer in Big East history, and Marcus Howard just broke his record. So Lawrence Moten was at Marquette to like congratulate. I wanted to be like, we need to be giving Lawrence Moten. But all see, nobody love. talks about Lawrence Moten anymore. Lawrence Moten was a I, baller. I barely remember him. Other he than had high socks. Yeah, I remember the high socks. That was the air. Oh, the high socks. The high era. socks. It was legit. But okay. Then, so so let, let me, let's take that back because the numbers make a difference. You wore thirty-four. Ray Allen was a big part of that. Ray, Ray Allen, Allen, and then also, uh, but you never would have been before. You wore twenty three. You've worn twenty three before. Maybe, maybe like at no. Small you wore twenty four. I wore twenty four for my dad. That's it. You wore twenty four for Rich Bosch. Shouts out to Richie Bosch. That's funny Fremont that you Flyer. didn't wear. I should have wore twenty four. That's my. Let me go back. Biggest sports regret: not sticking with twenty four. Twenty four. You should have stuck I with. I should have stuck with. It's my dad, man. Did Southeast have that option though? Good question. I don't think they did. I had because I wanted to wear thirty three for Bird for basketball, I and I wore thirty two, thirty three home away. I don't remember anyone wearing twenty four with the Nukes. I think Corey Adams, RIP, wore twenty four for the old unis. Yep. I don't think anybody had. I don't think twenty four was an option. I don't remember. But I remember you mostly as twenty four. Actually, now that I that's calling a heat. That's, that's heat. Our, that's growing up. But then thirty thirty four. I also, but I can't remember. This might have been just coincidence. Travis Diener was a point guard for Marquette that wore 34, white boy that was a baller that I was like, 34, white card, this is great. But And then seven was the was the El- Scott Frost, Eric Crouch. Yeah, and Elway. It was coming and out Elway, of the Elway era. But, but the problem is I my number was for Frost and Crouch, but I tried to play like Tom Brady. Yeah. You were on to Brady in early two thousands, like that was your guy. My whole before thought, he was like before, super like I will star. say, this, before he was a super duper star. My whole thought was like your mannerisms and swag and presence on the football field needs to be Tom Brady. That was my whole thought. 
it was a, actually a very good thought because you weren't overly fast and explosive, no. right? You weren't like jitter no, I wasn't, quick. I wasn't. And you I weren't strong. Like, and Brady's not no. strong, but he's just, it's, it's fundamentals. It's just, it's Tom mental. Brady was it's kind leadership. Of initially like a game, like not a game manager. Yes, but like, he was. That's he what was he was. Kind of. No, that's and I what felt he like was. my role at Southeast when I first officially got the starting job as a sophomore was like, just manage everything. Yep. So my whole thought was just T-braided. You know, just swag. I had the towel hanging out the back, all that stuff. But yeah, it's funny. I mean, then I had a bunch, like uh, Kirk Heinrich was a huge influence on my game. J.J. Redick was was a big influence. Jay, Jay Williams, Jason Williams at Duke. Still, like, people don't, like, he, he got in his accident and people have forgotten. Like, that guy was. He was the best player by a mile. I mean, he was the best player in the country by a mile. That guy was a huge influence as well. But there you go. That's uh, I think I knew the Jim Brown thing, but I always felt like early on you you were like fl- you were a flashy runner early on in your life as a running back. So I always thought you were a little Barry Sanders ish in that regard. Well, I, love, I mean, I love Barry Sanders, but uh, okay, cross that off the list. A couple more here. I can't believe we're gonna go back down this path. If you had to like sum it up into like a succinct thought. You can't cop out and be like, you know, it's a combination of things, if we're being honest. <laughs> the single biggest reason Nebraska football fell off and is where it's at today is what? Firings, Frank Solich, period. Right? Period. I mean, I don't know how that's really even debatable. We kind of got in this under one of the recap pods one time, but like... And and then to expand off that is like it deviated from what the continuity that we had the, the what was the blueprint of what made Nebraska successful. In it's, some ways, it's maddening. In some ways, it's truthfully maddening that like from 1970 to 2003 or four, Nebraska was the best college football program. Like. Period. And it had like a clear cut way of doing things. And then it just decided like, let's just stop doing that. We're trying to get, uh, we're trying to f- fix everything right now to get to someday win nine games again. And we fired a coach for winning nine games. Yeah. That's where we were at then. Nine wins got you fired, and now nine wins get you a fifty million dollar extension. I mean, because what I was Frank Solich record Nebraska was like fifty nine and seventeen or something like that. Yeah, he had the one year they went seven and seven. They had a rough year, and then they followed up. They made some changes. Fifty fifty eight and nineteen. Yeah, I mean it, it was. He went nine and four, twelve and one, ten and two, eleven and two, seven and seven, nine and three. Fired. If you if. I mean, right now, if you could make a deal, hey, the next one, two, three, four, five, six seasons are going to be fifty-eight and nineteen. You pay that guy. A, you pay that guy fifty you, million dollars. You, you would say deal. You pay that coach fifty million for five years. So right, like I, I think at this point, it's not like firing Frank Solich and deviating from what what the blueprint was that made Nebraska successful. Is there anything? Else? I mean, no, because here's the part. Here's the part that's so obvious to me because I was, uh, you know, I lived through that transition. You were in the transition was when I came in in 03, 
the culture, the whatever that that thing is that you feel when you're there, it was good. It was hardworking toughness. The coaches were as we felt like we had the best coaches. Like we felt like we had coaches that were getting everything out of us. And we were we were good things were coming. Like that's how we felt. And you know, we we won we won nine games. We we dominate Michigan State in the bowl game when our tenth game. Pelini, you know, and Pelini was the interim coach, but like we thought Pelini and that defensive staff was unbelievable. Right. And they were. They were they were light years ahead of everybody else in that conference. They were they were crushing Big Twelve uh offensive coordinators. In our in our opinion. They had a couple I mean, we had a couple games against Vince Young and Brad Smith. They had, they played other gourds. But other than that, <laughs> like we were pretty much like we were on a path to being really good. And it's just too bad they messed it up. Isn't it funny how you can feel that? So what? You, but are you saying then? Obviously, by the time you could see that erode each year. Yes. Because I, I feel the same way about Creighton. The opposite. Like when I got there, I was like, "Ooh, this is really like culture's really good." And by the time I was a senior, when like we had P. Allen Stinnett and a bunch of it, like I could feel it. Like I could feel it slipping. Basketball. The the, the people you bring in. The the type of players. It's so there's so few players on a basketball team that each it player is, is, is like massive. Ten, it's like ten percent, right? Yes, right. Each guy. So you bring in three bad guys, thirty percent of your whole organization is messed up now. But isn't that funny? You can feel that. But yeah, I mean, you you would be able to speak to it of like physically seeing it flip. It did, right? It did. That's just it. Okay, two two last ones, and then we'll wrap it up. And they're both kind of similar in nature. The first one is, I think this was, Rosillo might have tweeted this out, but which professional sport could you hide the longest? And the hard part about saying you is, I don't know if I'm necessarily saying you like you, Bo Rude, because it's like you're still in good shape and you were a professional football player. So it's like you, you're like, I, I almost want to say you, and by you, I want you to insert just like random male that is like a decent athlete. I, I got to like, ask at least one or two questions just so I can frame this better. So the person, not me, the person going into the sport, like let's use basketball as an example. Yeah. If you're five foot two, you're obvious. Right. I'm saying let's, no, are you a, an, an, a high school level player? Let's say you play. Who might be six, eight though. Let's say you're, you're, you played high school, but you're not 6'8", you're 6'1", or 6'2". You can't hide that long then. In basketball? In basketball, if you're 6'1", or 6'2", it's hard, it'll be so harder. So are you saying like the NBA... You, you could get, hide longer if you are 6'8". You could make it a quarter maybe. And they'd be like, oh, this guy sucks. <laughs> And then you're, and then it's over. But if you're six one and you look like you know, I can't believe you're going bat. So like you think basketball because the one the, one of the things about basketball is it's the one sport where you're on stage and exposed the most in general. But it's it's the, there's a flow to it, and you could be the guy not handling the ball and sort of just. You but know. you're one of ten guys on the floor where like looks. I mean, looks matter anyway in basketball to a certain extent, and. Maybe soccer. Yeah, you could probably like play like, like left you, defense, like left forward, and just be like, they're not kicking it my way. 
So you don't have to defend anybody. If you, well, yeah, if you had, if you just were an offensive, just position, keep you finding. Could hide. I feel like I could hide for fifteen minutes. Keep getting yourself out of position to have the ball ever. I like never touch the ball. Like just always kind of wherever the ball is. Like kind of just find your way to not get near it. <laughs> so I would bet this. I I never played high school soccer. I so that's a good we example. Gave it up with the Barons in like I get. I went longer than you. I played indoor soccer until like seventh grade. I would. Hit it off the wall and run around the guy and get it on the other side. You wore oh. those umbros about three years too long. What you did? <laughs> Let me tell you, some of the best years of my life were my indoor soccer. Indoor soccer is a great game. Continue. Oh, I did. But no, you. Okay, so you. I'm saying this. You put me out on the on the pitch right now. Look at you. You already. You that's already how I. Bet. That's how I blend in. <laughs> Quite the pitch we got going here. Let's do some uh, some of this chanting, you know, some of these. Who wants to have some tea afterwards? <laughs> tea uh, at my place afterwards. Who's? Let's get the hooligans together and go fight those wankers over there that will think they're better than Tottenham. Tottenham is the best. You sound like a soccer player already to me. So that's how I fake it. But I would just avoid everybody. I would just run around, never come near the ball. Never talk to anyone. Never talk to anybody. I'd get into little chippy things because they do that. <laughs> and then I'd take a couple dives. You take a couple dives and you'd just be like, you hold your leg. Right. And the guy comes out and they'll spray you. And you'd be like, yeah, thank you for that thank, spray. Thanks. Tea at my place afterwards. Tea at my place. <laughs> thank you for thank you for the spray. I'm gonna, thanks for the spray. I'll get you back with some tea I'll at try my to place. Be not, I'll try not to be offside, so don't pull the flag on me. Don't make me offside. But I'm going to get chippy at this guy. I'm going to give him elbows here a little bit. But I was ne- I'd never get near the ball. Never touch the ball. <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> I want to see this so bad. So soccer's the answer. I think soccer's my you answer. Know what, you know what the reality of the last, the sport you would get spots first would be hockey. You get out there and you couldn't, you couldn't skate. If you can't skate, so you can't So hockey's obviously the answer of the opposite of like, what would you get spotted immediately? Hockey. How would you hide in? Where could you hide in football? I mean, besides being the kicker, like you could uh, be like a safety, like a like a. Oh no! I mean, just just C twenty one and hope it doesn't get to you. Right, just just bail on the snap. You turn and bail. But I mean, like, uh, but then, like, what if you had to go tackle somebody? Like, you don't you do? Like you gotta come down. Bruh, who are they you block talking? everybody. I played safety for years, and I ain't tackled nobody. But I, you did tackle people. You just catch and fall, though. You was catch and fall. I would fall. corral them in the out of bounds and shove them out of bounds. So imagine like you have to f- insert and tackle I'm not somebody. Gonna. That's called exposure. You're better off being on the pitch. <laughs> just get get lots of offsides. Like oh, he's offsides again. Oh, see, but you're that's bringing attention to you. No, that's true. Hide. Stay you, on side. You, you need to follow the rules. I mean, no offense. Follow the rules. You, like you need to not. You need to not get any scuffles. You need. To, you need to just run away from. You need to just like, just hop around. Yeah, just stay in the middle of the middle. The massive. Humanity. Yeah, that middle third of the field. Just go. What's back your plan if it gets kicked towards you? Just, just try and time it and kick it as far as you. Ever can. seen when they like they when a, they let a pass go like through their legs to their friends like on purpose like you meant to do it like. Ooh, look at that. <laughs> They'd be like. This guy's sick. This guy's I heard he's a having great. a wicked tea party at his place <laughs> afterwards. Tea time later is great. Tea party at my place. He kind of went into Maya Quimby here. <laughs> okay, so there we go. And then last one along these same lines. 
I had fun with this one during the summer. We got to set this up. Major League Baseball game, ten run lead. Let's just say it's the Royals and the Cardinals. Just using two yeah. teams. Okay. It's the bottom of the ninth. The Royals are up ten. Ten runs. Okay. Yeah. They're at home, so like they got to get three outs. They win the game. I or you have to pitch for that inning. Do the Royals win the game? So you got to get three out. You have ten. You have a ten-run cushion. All you got to do is get three outs, and you win the game. I lean towards no. I I lean towards we lose. <laughs> and here's I lean towards that. It will be so easy to hit those balls, or you can't throw a strike. One of those two things happen that it's like you're walking a lot of people <laughs> and or they are just these professional baseball players, one through nine in the lineup, it's just like this is easy. Wow. Like, you can't fake I can't throw, right? Uh, see, you I, can't fake I can't throw. It's you can't throw. And they the first pitch comes and they they'll look at the dugout and then the the you know, the third base manager will get the sign from the from the manager and they'll do some swipes, swipes, tug the ear, tug the ear, touch the nose. You know, like and that means this freaking guy can't pitch, swing away. Because I, it's it will be so obvious that that's a seventy seven mile an hour. Seventy seven is just like gonna be like fifty seven, dog. Oh my god. I think the biggest issue is walking people. Even throwing a strike will that's be hard. I know that's what I'm saying. Like I think the inability to even throw strikes is a problem. Are you I, better off underhand maybe. lobbing it and saying tee off? Hopefully you like we catch Hope another. Like gets under like too far underneath. Like you yeah. sit there and like. I think the biggest mistake, and maybe I mean I I mean I don't know anything about baseball in this regard. Like I think the biggest mistake is people like it's kind of hard. Is it? Would their plan, if their plan is to hit 10 solo home runs, that's not a great plan. Because at some point, someone's going to like kind of miss one and they're going to catch one at the warning track. Like, I think honestly, the biggest issue is walking, is not throwing strikes and walking people. I think we would, the plan should be take a playbook from the movie Rookie of the Year, where Henry Rowengardner re injured his arm and he had three outs to go. And he used the hidden ball trick. That's we need to get gimmicky. Like gimmicks like that. And then his last one was he literally lot like a softball lofted it and the guy whiffed it. I almost wonder if you if, if would you have a better chance of like, no, nah, this is stupid. Like a bad throw to first trying to get a guy from leading off and hope you can like the infielders can like get a guy out. No, no, I think I think your best your best play is lobbing it and hoping they try to tee off the, be- the best because even that to- throw to first like you don't throw it with zip you don't like you'll never get that guy out gun to my head i i think we lose i think we lose because because good pitchers can give up 10 runs in any and like this would be the worst pitchers in the history of baseball it'd be so bad the beauty of it would be like i'd want it to position it like like the cardinals don't know they think like Here's Rude. He's got a. He got called up from the minors. You heard he's got a decent chance. Like you look like you look 
Just look intense. Look intense. Spit you a lot. The, the 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 wild thing turn and all that. I mean, you. Got I'd be working. I'd be say I'd be working the ball a lot. You know, I'd when they grip it, I'd rosin bag and me. I'd really twist and work that ball. I'd call a lot of meetings at. at the mound. I'd shake off a few pitches because that's what you need to do. Yes. You need to look like you know what you want, and you're gonna throw your Ooh. 72 mile an hour <laughs> only throw. <laughs> I think you're giving yourself a lot of credit thinking you're gonna throw 72. Is that not? I thought that's terrible. I mean, I think I think if we're trying to be like Bo, you think you're just trying to like hit the strike zone. Oh. I think that bitch is gonna be like fifty six. I have no idea. It's gonna be slow. So it's an L. Oh, we're losing. All right. So I'm glad we figured that out. I'm glad we got that figured out. We we get on the soccer field. We're going we on the soccer field. Hockey, though. we don't survive. Baseball, we would we would. We would get exposed. Instantly. You need to be in a team sport where there's a flow to it, and that there's just no hide. I mean, the problem with like it's not like in basketball the clock just runs out. Like in baseball, you have to get three outs. Like you just you know, baseball is like, hard to hide. It's I hard think, to hide, and, and you got it. Like you got to get three outs. Like football and basketball, like you just run out of time. You know the one thing with baseball though. Here's why baseball would be good for hiding. Play right field and hope they don't hit it to you. Mm-hmm. You get up if you strike out. If you can make your you just swing, not swing or just don't swing or don't swing, just yeah, go don't down swing. Baseball might be the one that if you get to choose right your field, position, right field, and even, like you got a one at bat and and one inning in the field, you might make it three or four innings and they don't hit to you, and you, you might pray they don't. You hit get up you. twice maybe in a couple. Your innings. body's good enough. Like you, you in a baseball uniform would look like that. Guy I would check a, swing a few times. I would not. I would just my, my swag, my pre bat like. Touch the outside that's of the plate, a, inside see, that's the plate. It. Like, Maguire, Ritt, like, my... It's a show. My show but would see, be like, this dude's could... motherfucking tight. See, that's what you can do, though. You can make it a show. <laughs> and then, Nick, think about that. Think about you. Make it look really good. You're adjusting and your I gloves. Would, and I wouldn't swing at anything. And, and then, you know, look at the ref like... Yeah, you look man. at the ump and you go, or the ump. are you serious? Are you? Se-? Then you'd blend right in. Yeah. I think baseball... Baseball. Baseball, you could hide for... Just hope it doesn't get half hit a me. game. Now, if it gets hits to you, if it gets hit to you, you're in trouble. You're you're big trouble. Unless it's the base hit, then you just like catch it. Ooh, even and then, then you uh, Scotty Smalls run it in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a perfect. That's it. And then everybody looks at you like, like there he is. Sucks at baseball, doesn't he? This, there's the guy. All right, that's good. We're at an hour and seventeen minutes, my friend. You got a couple of you got one last Patrick Swayze mm-hmm. in you. Take it to the head, dog. <laughs> Don't you spit that out. <laughs> that Swayze stuff's fun. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, all right. Well, that'll do it for the wine pod. That's, God, these are fun. I, you know what? If our job was to do a wine pod every day, it'd be a decent job. Bottles down. I feel great. All right. Get home to your wife. I took way too much of your time. Go home to your wife. And uh, everybody subscribe to the pod. Bo's going to go home to his wife. And uh, and life's going to resume normalcy right now. This was fantastic. Okay. Love it. I bow to you. Until the next wine pod. Uh, Swayze. Oh, Parkville Media Production.